Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. This is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have a very good topic today. It's my buddy, Don Dobkin, and he's going to talk about building strategic partnerships with 3PLs and carriers. Welcome, Don. Hey, Joe. Hey, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. I've known Don for a few years. We occasionally catch up. He's a brilliant guy. I think you're going to learn a lot. I know I've learned a lot just prepping, and I look forward to talking to Don about this very interesting topic. So before we get started, Don, tell us a little bit about you and your company. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, Don Dovkin, Director of Engagements for MainPoint. I'm based in Chicago. MainPoint's typically a virtual company. We're actually throughout the globe. We do have a small office in Boston, Mass., We're an implementation-focused consulting firm, mainly in end-to-end supply chain, and we're specialists really working across procurement, logistics, and operations, mainly to accelerate the improvements for our clients across the buy, make, move, fulfill sectors. And we do that across a number of different industries, aviation and aerospace, CPG, food and beverage, oil and gas, private equity, just to name a few. We also get involved with quite a few mergers and turnarounds as well. So it's a lot of fun. The great part about what we do is almost all of our client engagements involve uh, dimensional logistics, which I really get excited to talk about. Yep. I know a few people, a few buddies of mine, and they are from uh, the Detroit area like I am, and they were automotive guys, and they went to work with Mainpoint. And I know they spoke very highly of the company. And if you look online, at, like Glassdoor or any of those, very good reviews about the company. And I always have heard, even before it became kind of the in thing for consulting companies to say they focus on implementation as opposed to, you know, highfalutin strategies that never get implemented. <laughs> That's always been main points game. So great company. And I'm glad we've got you here today, Don. So before we get too far into this, tell us a little bit, where'd you grow up? What'd you study? How did you find yourself at main point as uh, consulting to logistics and supply chain companies? Sure. Well, I'll try not to go too far back, but of course, born and raised in the Chicago area. And it's interesting. It's not like a lot of people go to school to become logistics consultants, but I I actually grew up in a family of mechanics. So I had this natural talent for working with my hands, working on cars, which incidentally, I just love that whole muscle car era. But I was oh, always, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. And uh, I was always interested in becoming a technician for the airline industry. So I received my degree in automotive and diesel technology, went to work for American Airlines out of O'Hare International in Chicago. And there, well, gee, when I got there, the airline business was really booming. So I ended up getting into management six months after I started, became a floor supervisor, then manager for some 6,000 pieces of ground equipment and a few hundred technicians. So that was right up my alley, just working in the whole maintenance field. And then after that, I moved into the air freight and the cargo division. And that's where I really got a good understanding of domestic inbound and outbound freight, warehousing, distribution, and even trucking, because believe it or not, airlines do have door-to-door service. 
And then, Joe, during that time, I did double duty. After my 50 hours a week working to try to run an airline, I obtained my undergrad and my graduate degree. And then after I left there, I really found that that airline experience was valuable and got recruited by Accenture, a top consulting firm. There I did a few major airline engagements, coupled with some transportation and distribution projects, which really expanded my experience and understanding of supply chain and best practices. After that, I started up Transportation Management Group, or TMG as many know it. There we specialized really in the logistics part of the business, inbound and outbound transportation design, sourcing and procurement, freight bill audit and payment, things like that. But it was there where I really had an appreciation of the importance of shippers building strong quality relationships with the carriers and the service providers. We had an awful lot of interaction with the shippers and bringing in new carriers and 3PLs and did that for seven years. So after that, I joined Rider Supply Chain Solutions. I was just looking to get more exposure to some of these larger engagements. And that's where I got involved with a lot of technical design, IT integration, more national type engagements that were more complicated, had more complex transportation networks. And we work with companies like PepsiCo, Home Depot, Rite Aid, just to name a few and then uh, I'm sure some of your listeners may have heard of RoadNet or Omnitrax, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So many don't know, but RoadNet was born out of the necessity at UPS. They needed something to actually route all those package cars in their fleet. They eventually got acquired by Omnitrax, which was part of the old Qualcomm. RoadNet was good at selling software, but they had no infrastructure to create solutions for clients. So there is where I actually started up strategic consulting practice for them and led that for a few years. After a while, Joe, you get pretty good at delivering value and results to companies. And I really enjoyed meeting new people, working with different organizations. And that's a sweet spot, actually, for MainPoint. And that's where I'm at today. Yeah, we talked a little bit when we were prepping for this is about, I know you work from home, you're a virtual organization. So many people do. I work from my home office where the dress code is usually uh, gym shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right this time of year, it's a sweatshirt. But anyway, it's interesting. I just was, uh, I took a short trip. I was down in Ohio, met some very nice people down there and I learned a lot. And I always think it's great to be virtual, but you also don't learn as much when you're not traveling. I mean, I'm learned from talking to people on the phone and doing podcasts like this, but there's something special about getting in the car, getting on a plane and going somewhere and, and meeting people. Definitely. Definitely. So you've got quite the background and it seems as if you've got the experience on both sides as a shipper and I'll say three sides as a shipper, as a service provider, a 3PL, but also in, from a consulting view. So you're the perfect guy to talk to today about this topic. And again, today's topic building strategic partnerships with carriers and 3PLs with my buddy, Don Dobbin. So Don, not everybody, not every shipper believes in building strategic partnerships with carriers or 3PLs. And I know everybody kind of says they're going to, but there's so many other initiatives. Some companies just don't. What are some of the consequences for a shipper for not doing that? Yeah, gosh. Well, before I get into some of the consequences, I just want to start out with a simple concept most people understand, right? When you face a challenge as an individual and you need help, who do you turn to? 
friends, friends and family. <laughs> yeah. In most cases, you're going to turn to your family, close friends, stuff like that, right? The same principle applies to the transportation industry or working company to company in the shipper to carrier relationship. Just like a family member will stand with you during those hard times, a long-term relationship with your carrier or 3PL will also stand with you. And the consequences of not doing that would be, I'll just give you a, a few examples here, right? And probably the one that's most prevalent is, is service failures. We know that on-time dependability is probably the top KPI out there. But without any kind of relationship with your carrier, simply put, you or your freight will not see the same priority. It means you're just going to move whenever there's space available on the truck, right? Right. I always say, Don, that uh, when I was selling logistic services, I used to say, I don't want to date. I want to be married. <laughs> I want to <laughs> be that 3PL that is gets all your freight. And I feel like the you get so many advantages. It seems like a slam dunk. Maybe it's because I was selling it. But now that I'm not selling logistics service, I still feel the same way. It is like a marriage, Joe. We are talking about partnerships here. And, and really, that's a differentiator here. Another issue is just uh, your, your freight getting damaged, missing, coming up short. And there's a couple of reasons that could happen is your shipment could get split. It could be put on multiple trucks to get it to your destination or the trekking mechanisms you have in place. Using too many carriers just makes it difficult to manage and it gets lost in the shuffle as compared to that partnership that maybe um, one of those top tier companies might have that where there's an ongoing relationship. Right. Don, some of the discussion we had offline is, you know, if you're the 3PL or the carrier, freight broker, whatever you might be, freight forwarder, if you don't get all their freight, if you just get, have a customer that's an every once in a while customer, you don't build relationships with the one-on-one -on -one relationships that speed communication. You don't ever get completely familiar with the freight. So you might say, yeah, I know those guys. Talk to Jim on the dock. He manages everything. Oh, by the way, Jim goes home at 3.30 or whatever. You know, those little things that you learn where the trucking company always puts the same driver on and the driver knows the guys at the dock and the purchasing guys know the 3PL. It's everything goes faster. Everything goes easier when you have that relationship. That account familiarity is big. Yeah, and that kind of segues into the next consequence, right? It just a lack of customization of your own service requirements for your company. At the 30,000 foot view, most truckload or LTL shipments move basically the same way, right? But once you get into the details of each operating business, things change on how your freight gets handled. And I'll give you one example. I know this one shipper who received this LTL spot rate for a truck from Detroit to Chicago. And when the shipment didn't get delivered, the shipper was actually informed by the carrier their freight was totally damaged. Why did that happen? Well, the person with the spot rate was moving styrofoam takeout containers and the carrier mixed it with heavy auto parts. Nice. <laughs> the truck took a sharp turn and that was it for the styrofoam. <laughs> so the moral of the story is in a forged relationship between a shipper and a, a 3PL or carrier, there's a firm understanding of your specific business requirements on how your goods should be loaded and moved, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose another one, a real important one, is the actual capacity and availability 
right? Just like any other commodity, you get what you pay for out there. Many people don't know that the term spot rate not only means I'm giving you an on-the-spot price, but it also means, is there a spot available for your freight? (laughs) So whether it's in the belly of an aircraft, an ocean container, or LTL, it means it will move whenever there's space available. And with that said, it doesn't get the same priority as shippers that either have contract agreements or more importantly, long-term, long-lasting relationships with their carriers or 3PLs. We'll get right back to the podcast in just a moment. If you sell transportation or logistics services, the Logistics of Logistics can help you sell more. Our customized program will help you understand your sales personality, including your strengths and blind spots, get more sales leads, and improve your communication and salesmanship. We can also position you as a recognized industry expert and help you reach your target audience. To learn more, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com. And now, back to the show. Don, one of the things we talked a little bit about offline was when you have a customer who is, you're the sole provider, they've signed an agreement, you're moving all their freight, you feel responsibility for moving every last shipment. So on that Friday afternoon, when there's no capacity, that's your problem to find capacity. At the end of the quarter, when trucks are tight or capacity is tight, it's your problem. Now, conversely, when that guy who occasionally calls you and calls on Friday afternoon and says, hey, Don, boy, I, boy, hey, buddy, I haven't talked to you in a while, but I'm, I'm really in tough straits. I need you to find a truck for me. And you might go, eh, it's 4.30. Sorry, we're, we're not going to be able to help you. It's not your problem. It's the difference, again, between dating and being married. You're married, you take care of your spouse. Dating, eh. <laughs> maybe yeah. you won't go out anymore. Yeah, if you're not loyal to some of those dedicated carriers out there or your 3PLs and you're just hopping from one carrier to the next again, you're not going to get the same level of service that some of these other companies can get. In your top 500 companies, your Fortune 500 like Walmart, Procter & Gamble, General Motors, these are examples of companies that have built good carrier relationships and partnerships over time, but you don't need to be a Fortune 500 company to get that level of service. Absolutely. So what's next? Yeah, well, just again, being able to leverage technology and technology integration, that's another consequence of not having a partnership, right? If you're working with a number of different carriers or you're going to new carriers constantly because it's the best rate for the day, you can't leverage systems that these three PLs and carriers have to offer. You're pretty much heavily dependent on your own internal tracking mechanisms, not only on specific shipments and questions, but any trends or patterns you want to identify for the future. And most of your best-in-class companies have integration capabilities with the carriers, which allows them to do quite a few things. And some of them pretty obvious, right? Like sending ASNs or advanced shipment notifications, which allows the pre-labeling of freight, which increases and expedites the communication of shipments from origin to destination, Automatic tracking in the 3PL system, meaning if the carrier has GPS and or scanning capability, you know where your shipment is at all times. Well, that's become uh, the forefront and and that's become uh, a form of normalcy. Some of these technologies now by some of these larger third-party logistics organizations have 
much advanced capabilities that can track things more accurately than if you were to jump from typical carrier to carrier. And most importantly, you get delivery notifications and electronic proof of delivery. So the lack of fully leveraging technology kind of segues into another major disadvantage. And if you can't leverage that technology, you really lack the visibility of your own transportation network, right? Oh, yeah. So really having no true central point of data, KPIs or metrics or business intelligence, BI, it's the ability to harvest and harness your own operating data to move towards real-time decision-making. We all know time is money, right? So for the people that are chasing rates down for one truckload are losing thousands, if not millions, by not understanding their entire transportation network. And by understanding your transportation network, it's the very same thing that can help shippers build the win-win partnerships with the 3PLs and carriers. I've experienced where many shippers out there can't tell me what their top 10 most frequently run lanes are that they move freight. And, right. <laughs> and Joe, if they just had a better understanding of where that volume is moving, they can use that as leverage when negotiating with the carrier. It's right. simple economies of scale, more volume equals reduced rates. Yeah, Don, I remember working with clients where I did, I thought, all of their business. I moved all their LTL and truckload. And then I would hear, oh, well, yeah, on one Friday, we moved some freight with these guys instead of you. And then when we were looking at the metrics and the KPIs, <laughs> I said, well, it looks like the trend is going well. And, you know, here's cost per pound or <laughs> here's on-time performance. And then it hits me that this is just incomplete data now because they have two or three shipments for whatever reason outside the process. And from a profit perspective, I wasn't looking and saying, oh, boy, that really hurt us. No, it was just from a partnership perspective and being able to look both sides of the, you know, the shipper and the us as the 3PL look at the information, we couldn't. It was incomplete. So all of a sudden, a decision made by the guys kind of last minute, for whatever reason, to use some other carriers, screwed us up. So we used to always just say, just tell us. You know, I don't. if there's a good reason that you need to use something outside our system, just tell us so it's part of our numbers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Joe. And I, we had talked a, a little bit too. I know that you're an advocate of transactional versus strategic, and we're talking about the same principles here. Strategic that, over transactional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we want to try to be more strategic, and that's what the win-win partnerships is about. And it, that also includes the aggregation and the collection of data and key performance indicators, trends, and patterns that will help you be a shipper of choice to these service providers. Yep. Yep. So Don, this is good stuff. So lots of problems. Clearly, you just went over quite a few. So tell us what does it take to build strategic partnerships with 3PLs and carriers, that, those win-win relationships that you just talked about? Yeah, real quickly, I think there's just four main points. One point that comes to mind is you've got to pick the right partners for your business, right? I just gave you an example of where somebody got a spot rate for trying to move their styrofoam takeout containers, and it was probably a carrier that specialized in automotive parts. In this case, if your business is to move automotive parts, there are carriers out there that specialize in that, along with food and consumer packaged goods or last mile retail 
carriers have certain specialties. So you just want to make sure that you're matching that with your requirements. Absolutely. So you got to pick the right partners. What's next? Yep. Establishing trust. Shippers need to be just as proactive in establishing trust. If you're moving over to a new service provider, remember, it's going to take some time for them to understand your business. Be patient and you'll be rewarded with great service and special treatment. We don't do business with companies. We do business with people. Work to establish trust. Yeah. And Don, if I could add something to that, you know, we we hear the terms visibility, transparency, and obviously those are very important, but it takes that trust to feel comfortable sharing not only the numbers, but also the problems. If I'm doing business with you, Don, and I make a mistake and I say, boy, I got to tell Don, but if I tell Don, he's going to bite my head off. Well, I'm going to hesitate to tell you about the problems, but If I call you and say, Don, let me tell you how we screwed up today. And you say, oh, okay. And you say, what are you going to do to fix it? And it's all calm and the relationship's not ruined. I'm more likely to talk to you about problems in the future. Yeah, absolutely. You want to be able to not only establish the trust, but have mutual respect, right? We just got done talking about how we're doing business with people. We're all human beings and we're looking to get that mutual respect and uh, trust within our working relationships. So what's another one? Yeah, there's this adage out there, Joe, don't wear out the welcome mat. In general, the people working in the shipping department for a company and transportation service providers are really in the same situation, right? They're at the tail end of the supply chain where the most pressure is, is they may end up making up for lost time that may have occurred somewhere else up in the supply chain. So if you're a shipper out there and there's constant pressure for you to expedite shipments or you ask a carrier or a 3PL, oh, please just do me one more favor. And you're saying this every other day, do me one more favor, or even worse, taking a demanding type attitude towards this carrier, it's going to get old really quick. So you should really seek to resolve these issues and take the undue stress off of both of you, both as a carrier and as a shipper. Right. And, you know, Don, it's uh, we've all lived, everyone in the transportation business has lived with that Oh, yeah, late Friday afternoon when you're planning on going home and enjoying your friends and family and you get that late call. Can you get me a truck? And, you know, and and then you got to find the truck and it might be, you know, after hours on a a nice Friday afternoon when you had better things to do. And uh, that does get old. You don't want to wear out that welcome mat. Yeah. And it just instills that behavior that you just got done talking about earlier that, geez, I don't know if I should tell Joe this. I don't want to get myself in in trouble. It's just about being open and honest with your carrier or 3PL so they understand what the issues are. And maybe both of you together can find a solution or a workaround to the problem. Good stuff. What's next? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it just goes back to be patient that if you decide that it's time for a new partnership when starting out with that new carrier or that new third party logistics provider, they will at one time or another do things in a manner you don't like. And in those cases, just be patient with the carrier and understand their situations. And when an opportunity arises, you need to help the carrier become better by educating them as well as showing them how to be better in their services on how to meet your service requirements and give them constructive feedback on what they could do to be a better carrier. 
Yeah, this is very good stuff, Don. I appreciate you sharing it. So why don't you summarize this for us before we put a bow on this? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just probably a few main points to talk about here, Joe. We talked a little bit about the spot quoting. That's really contradictory to what best practice is. It's not a best practice nor a method to buy your transportation. Contract rates, on the other hand, facilitate much of what we've discussed here. Safety, security, predictability for both the shipper and the carrier or the 3PL over a specified period of time, right? The second one would be measure your performance both internally and that of your service providers. We discussed the importance of shippers having a thorough understanding of their transportation network. If you're a smaller shipper, leveraging a 3PL along with their technology, it's going to allow you to perform the necessary data analytics to improve your overall cost to total ownership, right? And it's these stats that can be reviewed during a quarterly business review so you can mutually resolve ongoing issues, improve service, and just reduce that overall total cost of ownership. I love it. Yep. So, Don, before we break off today, tell us a little bit about what you're doing over at Mainpoint. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, I told you about us being operationally focused and implementation focused supply chain consulting firm. We actually just recently completed some joint research with uh, Michigan State University on a a similar subject we just got done talking about, creating win-win partnerships. Now, however, this white paper is geared more on the study of rail optimization. And so why do we pick MSU? And I know you're from Michigan, but I don't know if you know anything about MSU. But they're a top-ranked school in the study of supply chain management. And MSU's Eli Broad College of Business is the home to the Center for Railway Research and Education. Yeah, if I could add something into there, Don, I'm about 45 minutes from East Lansing. And while I'm a Michigan Wolverine, thank you very much. A lot of my good friends went to Michigan State. And since I went to night school, I would always shoot up and we would share an adult beverage or two. Uh, And my daughter went there and sort of my son-in-law. And boy, what a great college. It's a great college. And they really have so much supply chain expertise. I remember when I was managing uh, some hiring and I thought, boy, I'm 45 minutes from East Lansing. All these kids should be you know, dying for a job. Very, very hard to get an MSU guy to even interview <laughs> after <laughs> they have that supply chain degree. Very valuable program. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, Joe, the white paper we put together really discusses the current carrier, shipper, and stakeholder perspectives, exploring criteria like planning and technology, multilateral communication, and long-term trust and value creation, which is a, a lot of what we've been discussing here. The whole hypothesis being that Despite all these changes that are going on in supply chain and the whole transportation landscape, alignment between carrier shippers and the investment community is really still dysfunctional and not really set up for the 21st century to meet the transportation needs of all of us, especially in the railway industry. While there's been some gains there, we really need to gain more insight into these issues. So, 
we created a focus group with MSU and did over 20 interviews with carrier shippers and investor analysis people. So this white paper anyway provides a summary and analysis of the findings and presents a good understanding on how key stakeholders can really create value by collaborating to drive win-win situations to the benefit of everybody involved. So we think it's a great piece. Yeah, well, Don, what I'll do is I'll put your a link to your LinkedIn profile and also to MainPoint in the show notes here. But I should add, you know, when it comes to transportation, we have truckload, and that's obviously the big dog, and you have LTL, and more and more, there's this small parcel. I think those are fairly well understood. What seems to never be completely understood by most people, including myself, is the rail option. And occasionally when you do bump into someone, and I know some guys in Chicago do a lot of rail business, and they say, we do it because it saves our clients money. And so it is a great option for some shippers. Yeah, you'll find that a good major portion of the commodity does still move by rail, believe it or not, especially those bulky materials like chemicals and mining and potash and things like that. But they're they're looking to do a better job of creating infrastructure, but it really needs everybody to make those improvements for the 21st century. Excellent. Don, thank you so much. And uh, again, your knowledge on this topic is top notch. I appreciate you sharing this with me and my audience. Thanks very much for having me, Joe. All right. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com.